Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners, and it is focused on getting us into the Bible for about 12 minutes each day, a short study, so that in our busy schedules, at least we can get back into God's Word every day for a little while. And in doing so, we can focus on our spiritual lives, on our spiritual well-being, and our relationship with God. Now, we want to encourage you to share these short studies, and again, about 12 minutes each day, with everybody you can. You may help somebody start to turn their thinking and their focus and their life around. You may start to help them start to think about their soul's salvation, their relationship with God. You may help them get on the right path that will lead them ultimately to eternal life in heaven. So think what a great impact for good, eternal good, that you can have in the life of some other people just by sharing these short studies with them each time. Now, you can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. We encourage you, share with everybody, your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody, literally. It could make an eternity of difference for somebody. Now, we've been talking about our response to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. That's one end of the spectrum. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The other end of the spectrum. We know which one we want to be on, don't we? There's really no comparison. It's not a contest at all. We want to be with Christ in heaven for all of eternity. We want eternal life. We don't want eternal condemnation in hell. No, because of our sins. So if the wages of sin is death, and that leads us, and we're talking about spiritual death, and ultimately the second death, which is eternal condemnation in hell, eternally cut off from God and his glory in outer darkness, Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9, then we need to know how do we become forgiven of our sins. Well, Jesus already paid the price through his death on the cross, the shedding of his blood. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9. But how do we take advantage of or tap into that cleansing power? It's through baptism. On Pentecost, when asked, what shall we do to be saved? Peter responded, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, or so that your sins can be forgiven, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Ananias asked Saul of Tarsus, who had been a great persecutor of the church, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Well, baptism then is that point or that act of obedience through which God forgives us of our sins through the cleansing power of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross as the one time for all time perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. 
Hebrews 7 and verse 27. Okay, so what about baptism? We've, we've said, hey, let's just imagine we've never heard the word before. Let's imagine we don't have anybody who's ever influenced us on baptism. We've never heard any teaching on it. We've never heard a sermon on it. We've never read any literature on it. There's no one that we need to please anywhere in our lives regarding this particular subject because they already believe something or another about it. We're starting from scratch. And so we open up the scriptures and we read the word baptism for the first time in our lives. In various forms, the word baptism is found 103 times in 75 New Testament verses. We've said that it is alluded to in other texts, such as John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, where Jesus says, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In Titus 3, in verse 5, where the apostle Paul talks of washing of regeneration, it appears on average in every third chapter in the New Testament. One out of five times, that is 22 times, it is coming out of the word out of the mouth of the Lord himself Jesus himself speaking about baptism baptism was the first public act of Jesus's ministry in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16 and it was among the very last words he spoke on this earth before he ascended back to heaven Matthew 28 and verse 19 when he told the apostles to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We read of about 3,000 people being baptized on the birthday of the church in Acts chapter 2, after Peter had said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. We read of others being baptized in various other texts of Scripture in the New Testament. Well, baptism, what is it? It's obviously extremely important because, again, it is through baptism that our sins are washed away by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Our words baptism and baptize are borrowed from the Greek language. The New Testament was written in Greek originally. The Greek word, the Greek verb baptizo and the noun baptisma were transliterated in the King James Version in English, that is pretty old English, and in subsequent translations simply as baptize and baptism. In other words, they took the Greek characters in the word and just transliterated them into equivalent characters in our English alphabet. So they came up with new words, basically, baptize and baptism. There's practically no dispute among language experts and Bible scholars of all religions as to the meaning of the word baptizo in the Greek. It means to dip, to plunge, to submerge, to immerse, to bury. The Greeks had words for sprinkle and pour, and they were not baptizo. They were different words. But the Holy Spirit did not use those words on this particular subject. He used that word baptizo. Now a person does not need to know Greek to know what baptism means. The most conclusive proof is in the Bible itself. And I've said many times in teaching scripture that the Bible is its own best commentary. 
what is the mode or the method of baptism in the scriptures? Well, it's in water. Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. The Ethiopian, when being taught by Philip from, from reading the prophet Isaiah, the Ethiopian said, see, here is water. What is keeping me from being baptized? Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. Now, much water was required because we find John, the immerser, in the cousin of Jesus in John chapter 3 and verse 23, bab uh, baptizing people in Aenon near Salim because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized. Well, why is much water necessary? Because baptism is an immersion, a burial, a submersion, a, a, a dipping, if you would. Some people might call it dunking, but it's being immersed all the way under the water. So you need enough water to be able to do that. It's not sprinkling. It's not pouring. Again, those were different words in the Greek language. And it's not somebody simply dipping somebody's face in some water. That's not total immersion. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 38, when we get back to the Ethiopian there, when he has said, see, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? And then in verse 38, it says, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down, or the Ethiopian went down into the water, and he baptized him. They both went down into the water. Now, when they were come up out of the water, now, if all he, Philip had to do was sprinkle some water on him or pour some water on him, then neither one of them would have needed to get down into the water and then come up out of the water. But they both went down into the water and came up out of the water. Both the baptizer and the one being baptized went down into the water. Well, why? Because the one being baptized needed to be completely buried in that water. We can think about it as a watery grave wherein the blood of Christ cleansed him of the guilt of his sins and he died to that old life of sin. Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 5. And as he came up out of that watery grave, it was like an enactment of Jesus coming out of the tomb after being buried following his death on the cross, Jesus came out risen, alive. And so that old person who is dead in his sins, as he's buried in that watery grave of baptism, his sins are washed away. He's made new. He comes up out of that watery grave, reborn spiritually. It is compared to a likeness of a birth and also a likeness of a burial. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We die to that old life of sin, to the guilt of sin. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And it's not just a burial in the water, but it's also a resurrection from that watery grave. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul wrote, Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. 
It's a washing. It's a cleansing. Again, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Well, our time is up for today, so we'll stop and park here. We'll come back and learn more of the in-depth understandings of baptism right from God's Word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for making the way for us to be forgiven through Jesus paying the price through the death of his cro- through the death and the cross for the guilt of our sins, shedding his blood thereon, and enabling us to contact that cleansing power of his blood shed on that cross as we're baptized into him for the remission of our sins. Praise be to your name. Thank you so much, Father. And guide us and help us to understand and humble our hearts to submit to your will to be baptized for the remission of our sins. Please, please, Father, forgive us and hear our prayer. Gracious Father, in Christ's name, amen.